Welcome to Breaking Doctrine, Foxhole Fundamentals, a U.S. Army Combined Arms Center podcast. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the official position of the United States Army, the U.S. Army Training and Doctrine Command, or the Combined Arms Center. Welcome to Breaking Doctrine's Foxhole Fundamentals, a U.S. Army Combined Arms Center podcast series that dials in on some of the basic tenets, principles, overall ideas in Army doctrine. Hello, I'm Lieutenant Colonel Nikki Dean, and today we're back with Mr. Mike Flynn, Command and Control Doctrine Writer for the Combined Arms Doctrine Directorate here at Fort Leavenworth. Mike, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Nikki. Good to be here again. Mike is actually returning to our Foxhole Fundamental Series, and today we're going to continue some of his previous discussion about planning and talk about the last step of the military decision-making process, orders production. So for a little background for our listeners, the team here at CAD has been consolidating and reviewing comments from the field about a coming addition to Army's doctrine lineup, FM50, Planning and Orders Production. As a team here at CAD, we review and discuss every comment that comes back from the Army about our doctrine. CAD also fields tons of questions from the field. In the section where Mike and I work in the Command and Control Division, one theme has piqued our interest. It's a, what is a doctrinally correct order? So with that said, I think we're going to get straight into it. Mike, what is or is there such thing as a doctrinally correct order? So uh, I think the answer is yes. Um, However, there is lots of leeway within um, the Army's orders, plans and orders format to um, articulate how they intend um, to describe how they want to conduct operations. And there's also a lot of leeway in there, you know, based on the situation. But there, there is portions of the order that are doctrinally, I mean, we have prescriptive, there's a pr- prescriptive nature to that doctrine. After a quick scroll, when we were doing the, the review of FM50, the draft that we've been working on for the past few months, I noticed that it was about 132 pages of what's going to be a 370-some page book. That's like a third of a book that provides this amazing, detailed example of a complete order. And this includes all the attachments, which are the annexes, appendices, tabs, and exhibits. So when we look at that, why, if we're supposed to have so much leeway, do we have something that's so prescriptive that describes what you said is kind of like loose intent? Right. So I'll, I'll just backtrack a little bit um, before answering that question to, to just try, try to get back to just some fundamentals about plans and orders. And so, you know, um, it depends on echelon. But um, so, uh, you, you know, we got to we got to think about um, everything from joint orders down to, you know, platoon platoons and squads issue orders. And so if you're at the higher echelons, theater, army, corps, I mean, you have to consider, you know, the joint orders uh, format and those type of things, campaign plans and what they do and and, and why they do it. And then army forces generally write um, several types of plans and orders. We've got an op plan, an op order, a frago, and, and a warning order. So op order, Op plan, op order, frago, and warning order are basically the orders in which we write. And I think the first thing that we got to think about it is what's the purpose of those? And so generically, there's, there's about four purposes for each of those orders. First, we're trying to describe the situation for subordinates and, 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 
and units that are supporting us. So there's this general kind of uh, describing what is the situation in which you're going to, you know, conduct this operation. And then we got to describe, you know, an order kind of provides what the mission is and the intentions of the commander. So that's pretty important. And then all of these orders also um, tell the force subordinates how to cooperate with each other in a concept of the operation. And then the last kind of thing, was well, not last, but I mean, then orders actually provide very specific instructions to subordinate units. And then we also kind of talk about timing. So those four types of orders all, you know, kind of provide that type of, of information. Um, so as far as when I was saying, you know, there is doctrinally correct uh, an order, the leeway inside what I just said, how you do that, there's lots of leeway there, but there is some pre prescribed parts of the order, you know, that, that, that we have to follow. And that is basically all those orders I just uh, talked about have five paragraphs. Um, situation, mission, execution, um, sustainment, and concept of the operation. They all generally follow that format. Also, we have a format for where we put our attachments. So, like Annex A is task organization, Annex B is intelligence, C operation, D fires. So we have a, we prescribe that. So there's a reason for why we kind of prescribe a five paragraph format for the base order and we follow the same five paragraphs in our attachment and then kind of where we bin information within the order. And really reason twofold kind of for those reasons. Um, first, it's kind of time-tested best practices. So we can go all the way back to the first time in doctrine, we really, or in the Army, we see a kind of a standardized format is from Major uh, Upton's uh, 1906 um, um, instructions that he wrote as the 12th, he was a, a, a 12th Cavalry Regiment, he wrote them for his regiment, but the War Department said it was so good that they adopted it for the Army. So this is the first time we see kind of a standardized orders format in the Army. So through time, that has adjusted a little bit, um, you know, with changes. But we basically have the five formats with attachments. And so the other point of why we want to standardize that is, one, it's kind of best practice, but the other reason is, it's for quick reference and ease of understanding. So everyone knows that the information about task organization is in Annex A. So if you as a commander or you know, decided, hey, I'm gonna make Annex A um, fires, that, that kind of confuses. And so it would not be standardized across, across the army. So that's really the reason why we, we have the, the format piece. And that, that would, would be doctrinally correct. Inside how you do it, again, I said there's lots of leeway to do that. So you have had a lot of experience planning and producing orders at just about every echelon from platoon to company all the way up to joint task force. In your opinion, and with all that experience, and also having written doctrine for this long, what do you think are the qualities of a good order that a staff should pursue? So we have, so we're talking about doctrine, right? So in FM60, we have, um, you know, the MDMP is in there, and we also have the orders format, and there's some guides to um, effective writing, you know, good plans and orders. And then we also have two other pieces of doctrine I think are pretty important that all planners should, should read and understand. And that's ADP, ADP 60, which is Mission Command, Command and Control of Army Forces, and then ADP 50, which is the operations process. 
And so there's one idea in there, in both of them, and it's the idea of mission command and mission orders. And um, so <coughs> a, a guide to effective planning in 5.0 is develop simple and flexible plans using mission orders. And so one of the things that we, we, we get a lot of questions is, is what is a mission order? And, <coughs> excuse me, um, so a lot of times I will say, well, I just, you know, describe the types of orders, op plans, op orders, warning orders, fragos, and then you got this thing called mission order. Well, mission order is not a type of order, but a style in which you write that order. And the style basically focuses on tell, tell your subordinates what you want to do and why, the task and purpose, but don't focus so much on how to do it. So that's kind of like rule number one. And so when you're writing, um, that's very helpful that you don't have to explain every single detail um, of an operation. Because, you know, if you're a division, you've got brigade commanders and an entire staff that have the ability to think through a lot of things. You don't have to think through all those things for them. So I would say that is, uh, you know, a fundamental guide of, of writing effective orders. Um, so the other, the other thing I think is important is... And we were talking about all these attachments and then the base order. So remember, we have a base order, and that order by itself, along with an overlay, should be able to articulate the essence of the operation. Your, append your attachments, whether they're you know, annexes or appendices to those annexes, that's where the detail is provided. But the base order should be able to, anyone should be able to read that and get you know, a good understanding of what the situation is and how we're going to conduct this operation and some critical timings. So that's an, I think that's a real important thing to remember is you know, have your, your, your base order clear and, 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 and concise, and then if you need any de more details, you can explain it uh, in the attachments. One thing that, that I've seen a few times, which, which I think is, yeah, I'm not going to say it's doctrinally incorrect, but, but when you look at, and I've seen it recently a few division-level orders, when you look, you know, when you start reading the base order and you're not getting to page 8 until you get the mission statement, you know, that, that kind of, I think, goes against this idea of clear and concise. A lot of that information probably in situation can probably go in Appendix B if you need it or it's just too much. So those are two kind of um, ideas about, you know, writing effective orders. So... We have a lot of folks that are getting ready to graduate out of the Command and General Staff College. What is your recommendation to some of those new staff members when they get ready to, to prepare to become producers of orders? So I, I think previously I mentioned a couple of these things. So I talked about mission command and, and level of detail, um, how much should be in the base order and appendices. There's a couple other things, I, I think. A lot of times when you're starting a new operation, uh, especially if you're CONUS-based and you have to deploy, there's going to be a lot of details um, uh, in the order. But as we get into operations, we don't have to have all that detail because people are working together and, and, and we can start to understand things. But what we don't want to do, um, I would say, is you know we don't need to have a lot of SOP stuff in our orders. So, for example, the unit's packing list doesn't need to be part of the op order. Generally, I mean, if that's in the you know, unit SOP. So that's a way of cutting things down and getting them a little more concise. And another thing is, is we, we got to watch the complexity of how we write our orders. So, for example, if we develop a constant operation, let's say four phases, 
And each of these phases have three subphases. It makes it real difficult to, to maintain understanding and flow um, because in the concept, you know, the phase one is this, phase one alpha, et cetera, phase two, bravo. So now when you're writing tasks to subordinate units, you're going to go, hey, first brigade and phase one alpha, and you're explaining, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now you get to the sustainment section and they're doing the same thing in phase one, bravo, et cetera. So ways of trying to um, simplify that um, is, is helpful as well. So I suppose I should start right off the bat and say I apologize to anybody that was in 2ID and dealt with me as a planner because I think I might have violated that rule more than a couple of times in the O plan. Sorry about that. So rules of thumb and you know that's a, a thing it's really experience you know and of course you know as staff officers we always have commanders and so we're trying to you know convey the commander's intent and how he or she likes to communicate information but then over time I think you know planners and, and staff officers get better at it the more they do it. And I mean, I've had examples of that too. Um, and uh, you know, the more I did it, I thought I got a little better at doing it. So until we get this new version of FM50 published and out on the streets for everybody to enjoy, um, but what other places or what other manuals should a, a young planner keep in their kit bag? So we, we mentioned you know, at the fundamental level, ADP5 and, and ADP6 is very helpful. And right now, currently, FM60, has the um, has the basis of of our planning processes in our orders format, and I don't think one thing I didn't mention in there is in the actual discussion of orders format in FM six O, um, we have some additional guides to writing effective orders, um, ranging everything from authoritative expression, don't use meaningless phrases such as you know, when practicable, seize objective delta, you know, stuff like that. So there's warnings in there and there's there's positive things of how to write the order. So that's a good place for everyone to start. And that's an FM60. A lot of that information is going to be transferred, I think, as you just said, to the, a new FM50. And one of the things um, uh, that we're changing is we used to have an FM50 back in 2005, but that shifted over time. And now we're bringing back the FM50 which is all going to be all about planning and orders production. So we're trying to bring together um, all that information about planning in one book. So right now you kind of have to go to ATP 5-01 for Army Design Methodology. You go to the Fundamentals of Planning to ADP 5-0. And then the MDMP and orders format is in FM 6-0 right now. Well, we're trying to pull all, the, all that together into one book under FM 5-0. So that's a resource. Uh, in the future, I talked about resources now, but another thing to remember is for overarching general planning, the, you know, those books that I just mentioned are helpful, but there's lots of planners that have their own specialty, whether it's sustainment or intelligence or fires or, and their books also will describe and discuss in more detail the nuances for their area of expertise. So you got to have the general books and then your field of expertise books that will help you plan. Well, Mike, I can't thank you enough for your insight and for your time today. Is there anything else that you'd want to leave the audience thinking about before we walk away? So yeah, Nikki, there's a couple things. So I thought of two things and then I wanted to maybe end it with just, just a statement from, uh, or a quote from infantry in battle. So, um, 
Two, two points that, that I think I forgot about. We also have in current doctrine the staff reference guide. So one of the, uh, one of the criticisms we heard in CAD for, for, for a while was, hey, we got the planning process and, and we've got the orders format, but you know, we don't have a book that really has a consolidation of various data like movement rates and, and distances and frontages for forces, that type of thing, which is essential kind of information for planners. And we didn't have that for some time. And so we just, uh, well, about two years ago, we published the staff re reference guide. So that's a resource. And uh, so I thought I just wanted to bring that up. But i just like to everyone, all the planners out there, to think about this quote from Infantry in Battle. And it was written in 1939. In war, leaders of small units are usually no more than one or two jumps ahead of physical and mental exhaustion. In addition, they run a never-ending race against time. In such conditions, long, highly involved orders multiply the ever-present chance of misunderstanding, mis misinterpretation, and plain oversight. So as a planner, think two echelons down and then even think about eventually, you know, platoons and companies that don't have a lot of time to execute things. We'd also like to thank our listeners for joining us today. Foxhole Fundamentals is a special series of our Breaking Doctrine podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform to get new episodes of our Breaking Doctrine and Foxhole Fundamentals automatically. You can follow us on Facebook and on Twitter at US Army Doctrine for updates from the Combined Arms Doctrine Directorate on new episodes, as well as our Doctrine Digest videos, audiobooks, and most importantly, new doctrine. Finally, the views and the opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the official position of the United States Army, the U.S. Army Training and Doctrine Command, or the Combined Arms Center. I'm Lieutenant Colonel Nikki Dean, and this has been Breaking Doctrine's Foxhole Fundamentals. <laughs>